Lost World Minute, the Minute by Minute podcast reviewing 997 sequel to Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 37 of The Lost World. Dave, you had a welcome package to arrive this week. It's not this week exactly, but he's going to send it out this week. I'm not going to receive it this week. Uh, At least as far as I know. Let's see. Unless Milan ships it expedited, but otherwise, yeah, it's looking very beautiful. He posted some pictures up on... um, up on Jurassic Park, the group on Facebook, and then we posted some pictures up on our Facebook page as well. Mm. And it just looks fantastic. Yep, yep. And if those uh, for those listening that uh, aren't aware of what we're talking about, you had a that uh, was a fresher T Rex, wasn't it? Uh, no, it's a um, it's the bull T Rex maquette. The, it's a replication of the original hero maquette. That was built for production by Samuelson Studios and painted by Shane. I'm sorry, uh, John Rosengrant. That's for it. For Samuelson yeah. Studios. Yep. You can see it, see it a lot in behind the scenes footage, and they got tons of behind the scenes footage of or pictures of it. Samuelson Studios has or Samuelson School. I'm sorry, has released a lot of pictures of it, and it's uh, there's a couple pictures of it on the DVD and uh, Blu-ray making of special features where you go into the production files you yep. can see the original is a replication of that using a recasted horizon model okay and he just repositioned the entire thing smashed it up repositioned the entire model so that it looked like the maquette and then painted it mm-hmm. now very nice and uh Stay tuned, you'll get some photos up, I'm sure, once you get it in hand. And, oh, uh, definitely. I can't wait to get it in hand. I'll uh, pull out the 35mm and start snapping away. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Um, Going to be two short ones this week. If you're ready, Dave, we'll get into 37. Uh, yeah, yeah. As we end the 36th minute, the InGen hunters have captured their first prize, small Pachycephalosaurus, and it was now secure in the arms of the snagger. As we start minute 37 of the Lost World, we get a shot up on the high rocky outcrop where Nick comes over and sets up a small satellite dish and begins filming the scene from above. At 36 minutes and 10 seconds, we get a nice shot from above for the group and looking down at the game trail with the herd running being chased by motorcycles, jeeps and Humvees, kicking up a cloud of dust as they run by. At 36 minutes and 20 seconds, we cut back to the command jeep once again. Rowan opens the side door and calls out to Dita in the outrigger. But once again he has an issue pronouncing an animal's name. So in frustration he throws away the data sheets that he has in his hand and calls it Pompadour, Elvis, the one with the big red horn. Dita and Carter in the outrigger both laugh at each other. At 36 minutes and 36 seconds we get cut back to the outrigger. Dita tells Carter to take him out. The passenger side seat with occupant slides out to give the hunter plenty of room to shoot his prey. At 36 minutes and 50 seconds, Dita hits his mark, a large parasol office. The animal slows its pace and begins to break away to the right from the herd, and its run becomes a slow walk. Dita looks back at Carter and says, OK, Carter, reel me back in. At 36 minutes and 59 seconds, the jeep pulls to a stop. Dita yells easy as he climbs out. 
and this ends the 37th minute of the Lost World. We open up right where 36 left off with the packy in the arms of the uh, snagger, air quote. Um, I never noticed before too, it's sort of, a lot of times when I rewatch these films it's on my iPad or a small device, um, but being able to see on a big screen again the dart sticking out of its neck. Um, mm-hmm. Which um, it's the same dart we see later on being used on the T Rex. So um, I wonder if the doses have been measured out differently amongst the darts, or if they're all just the same, the same thing. Um, I remember in the script Burke uh, mentioning about how one of the animals, when comatose or was walking around its uh, cage, kind of lazily and uh, flappily. And I think he mentioned about how even with extant mammal or er, yeah, extant animals. It's hard to figure out the dosage, the right dosage to put in, put down a uh, animal because all animals' metabolisms are different, their weights are all different, their aggressions all different, and this applies into individual to individual, not just species to species. And so it's hard to measure out the exact dosage you need for a living animal, let alone an extinct one. You do have no idea. Any biology about, you know? Yeah. Besides what you gather from bones. Yeah. And I suppose we don't really know enough of uh, about InGen, the backstory with them and uh, the animals before the first film, because um, you can only assume that all the animals they had on Sauna were juveniles, so it would have mm-hmm. been a lot smaller doses. Um, yeah. How, how they went from... Sauna to Nublar and all that, that's fan canon at this stage, it's not, there's nothing set in concrete, but um, they could have had a brief idea of how um, or what sort of dosages some animals would have on Nublar, but not um, not now, four years later, when most of them are adults and yeah. and that's the same problem they have later on when we get to the T-Rex Well again, um, in, the, in the first novel, they uh, Jay Arnold mentions that they had to tranquilize the T-Rex on occasion just to brush her teeth. Mm. And so they were familiar with tranquilizing their animals for whether they had to do maintenance on the paddocks, if they got out of the paddock, or what have you. So there's no mention of that in the movies at all, in either The Lost World or Jurassic Park. Yeah. So we don't know how engines' interactions with their animals have been whether they've used to tranquilizing the big adult T-Rex or not. And this would have been the uh, the perfect return for Jerry Harding to come back. <laughs> even yeah, if, even if he's in the Jeep with Burke and just have the uh, those guys driving around. Well, in the novel, in the second novel, there's a hinted connection that Sarah Harding is Jerry's daughter. Mm. And they kind of hint to that as well in... Um, Jurassic Park the game, even though that's kind of not really canon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there's no connection made between Sarah Harding and Jerry Harding in the movies, really. Yeah, it's just a, um, it's just another or more, uh, sort of character development that was cut out of the films. Um, Mm -hmm. But having, having some mention in the original film about how they have to Trank the Rex to brush its teeth and stuff like that would have been amazing, but mm-hmm. alas, again, timing, having to uh, cut for time and all that, so. Yeah. 
Um, and then we get a cut to the uh, our friendly group sitting up on the rock outcrop, setting up a what appears to be a satellite dish. I don't know if they've got some sort of video uplink to the trailers or back to Hammond. Um, they might. Because we might know... Yeah, because we know the trailer's got a satellite dish on the yeah. roof of it. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's streaming video back to there and that's what's going on. I doubt it's going off island. It's not big enough dish. No. Yeah, I've seen... Uh, I've noticed that little silver satellite dish that they've had. I've just never considered its use before. Yeah. So, yeah, good for bringing that up. Yeah, because... I, I think sometimes photographers will use devices like that to get... Uh, like your color balance right um but it's more of a digital one this i don't know what because this is plugged into the into the camcorder so i can't i can't recall there being streaming (laughs) back in 96 but it might be they probably didn't have like a radio video uplink to the trailers yeah yeah, no, you just think it'd be like earlier where we see him taking out film from one camera and re, re like filling it back up with film. Um, you'd think he'd have tapes if it's a DV camera, because again, I don't think this is before internal hard drives. Yeah. Um, but it almost looks like a, a globe inside the dish, like it's a flash, like a big flash or something. But yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but. <laughs> A little bit of set dressing, it's there. Um, mm-hmm. Now, these rocks, you've uh, you posted some photos up during the week of this yeah. area. It's ceremonial rock. There's, if you go around kind of like the back, towards the back of it, it's these very steep, very worn stairs that go right up to the top of the rock face. And uh, there's a fence along the edge of the rock that Spielberg and the team put that, or took that down and put it back up when they were filming. Yep. But... Yeah, they, um, you can go right up and sit right where Juliana Moore and Jeff Goldblum and Richard Schiff and the camera crew were at. And it's really neat. I took a really beautiful panorama of the, of the, uh, whole area right there, and it's beautiful. Mm. I'll post that up. Now, does it seem, you've, you've been there and, and been in the spot, um, does it seem like a little bit of movie magic went on in the film and made it look higher than it actually is? Oh, no, it's pretty high up. It's okay. um, probably safe to say at least 50 feet up. Oh, okay, yep. So, yeah, you're, you're pretty up there. You're pretty up there. Yep. yep. And so you're about, even with the smaller cedar trees, not so much with the redwoods that are kind of around, dotted around along with them. Yep. And so, yeah, you can look down and look down at treetops when you're up there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, we get a... um. We get a cut to the herd running past, um, and they do a big sweeping shot past the uh, the rock outcrop. Um, mm-hmm. A nice big cloud uh, of dust, big cloud of dust yeah. coming up behind them. Which is probably CGI dust, I'd want to say. Just yeah. Because even though they drove the cars on there, the entire lawn, I would have to call it, is is, is like mostly ferns. Actually, the ferns grow out grow out there like weeds. So That's... you imagine crabgrass on your lawn, imagine that. Imagine just being ferns instead, and there's just ferns everywhere. Yeah, that's one thing I did notice from uh, the photos, just how green it is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where California was drought-wise in 96, but I'm guessing there hadn't been much rain for a while, because even before where you see the snagger come on, or the hummers come on screen and that, the cars driving, they're kicking up dust. It's, yeah. 
it's definitely very dry. Um, oh yeah, I think that year there may have been a drought, a bad drought. Yeah. Yeah. But they also filmed that in September, so it was at the end of the summer. Yep. Whereas when I went, it was um, it was June. I actually spent the 21st Jurassic Park anniversary at Fern Canyon, mm-hmm. so where they filmed Dieter's death. But anyway, uh, yeah, it, it was green because it had just come off of winter and the snow was just coming off the mountains. It was in the middle of the bad drought. It was like towards the end of the bad drought that they were having, but it was still kind of green up there because it wasn't as bad as Southern California. Yeah. You yeah. could you could see a noticeable noticeable difference because we landed we flew from Chicago into San Francisco, which is like in the dead center of the state along the coast there, and so you can see a, a stark difference from just going from San Francisco up north. You can see it becoming uh, at one point it's pretty much all brown dead grass, mm-hmm. and it just slowly turns into giant trees and ferns. Yep. Yeah, and it's a, it's a completely different contrast to what we described as a game trail in the novel, um, being a lot a lot like narrower, uh, muddy, muddy track through the jungle sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd say this is more of a plane, not a game trail. But uh, it's good deduction skills by Roland to uh, identify it as a game trail <laughs> instead of just yeah. an open plane. Um, but we get got the crew up on top of the up top of the rocks. No camouflage at all, just sitting there. Sort of no. Nick's the only one laying down hiding. Kelly is wearing her red shirt, which would stand out a little bit. <laughs> um, and Eddie's sitting in the back of the group with his uh, rifle. It's also good to hear too. I haven't really noticed before. You can actually see two of the motorbikes and a Hummer, um, mm-hmm. and Jeep's actually chasing the herd from behind as they're running. Yeah. Uh, which is a good little thing, as you said. That's probably um, the real real jeeps driving, but they've got the CG dust going over the top of them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they CG out the road along that tree line before along the coast. There, there's a small road, and that's the road that they drove on <laughs> when Roland gave his speech. Actually, that yep. uh, con- there's a concrete road. They probably just digitally removed that because you can definitely see them in my photos. Yep. And if you can see it in my photos, they had to have removed it somehow. Yeah. Yeah, they've done that a couple of times, and we'll get to uh, in a minute here where you got uh, Dita, or the, the uh, outrigger chasing the para. Um, you can actually see there's already jeep marks in the grass still that from there, from an earlier mm-hmm. cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we get the uh, command jeep, Roland's back. Um, it opens up the side door and um, gets on the radio mm-hmm. to Dieter in the outrigger. Um, mm-hmm. He's having trouble pronouncing dinosaurs again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at his little note uh, note sheets, um, you're closing in on the the para, para <laughs> and you got Carter and uh, Dieter in the jeep. Say that again. Say that again. Roll into what? <laughs> and he just throws the laminated dinosaur sheets away. Just yeah. <laughs> throws them out the door. He's done with those. Yeah. He's done with them. The one with the big red horn, the pompadour, Elvis. <laughs> Which was sort of led to believe these guys are mercenaries, sort of the hunters. Um, yeah. Or really just hide, hide help. But uh, you'd think they'd have some sort of code word for each each animal or something instead of trying mm-hmm. to go through the correct pronunciation of their names. Mm-hmm. 
Um, stuff like T-Rex and Raptor is, is fine, but saw these other ones where you got to use five, six syllables that uh, you'd think you'd call it Pompadour or Elbow Fry Tuck. We're going to call yeah. this one Fry Tuck or um, all that. But uh, it's interesting when he throws the door open, he's not wearing a safety harness. Yeah, his game, if uh, if the other side Jeep hit a rock or something and flipped it up, he'd be uh, out the door. Although he's probably had a lot of experience riding in Jeeps before, so... Um, but it's funny, when he throws the shoots away, you get Ludlow just watch him float away behind into the into the grass. And uh, we get Carter and Dita laugh at each other. Uh, Dita tells Carter to take him out. And uh, the whole side of the Jeep extends outwards to uh, allow him a clear shot. I love that feature, I love it. It's a kind of um, not really needed. Um, he could have just as easily fired through the front the front bars of the window. Um, yeah. At least he would have had a rest, but <laughs> <laughs> I think there might have been a. Um, they're looking at the toys here, and not necessarily the practicability of the vehicles. Yeah. Um, that is like the one Jeep that did get made by Kenner was the Outrigger Jeep. It was more based on the concept art. Yeah. But it still looks really cool. Yep. Yep. And, and I've um, always wanted to kind of do that with my car. Just I think it was probably <laughs> controlled. There wasn't actually a thing uh it was probably just radio controlled hydraulics in the car that just extended the seat out and then extended it back in mm. and so yeah I really wanted to do that with my car that would be so much fun yeah and it just sort of had a um uh, like a bottom a lower door section attached to the seat as well so that all went out with it yeah yeah no, nice little effect um or even uh goldwing doors yeah uh, you know yep well, that was even like the uh, the early the early aughts where uh, the Lambo door hinges were going around. People were putting Lambo door hinges on everything, mm-hmm. just just because it looked good. Um, but uh, he's he's out, extend out from the uh, vehicle, um, goes to take a shot at the para. Um, he's moving around a lot, and there's a motorcycle motorcycle in front of it. So he's got he's got a uh, another hunter downrange, which again, gun, mm-hmm. gun safety, but I suppose they tranquilize the darts, not actual yeah. rifles. He gets hit, and that that uh, dosage is probably set for the lar- a large animal like the Parasaurolophus, and if his guy gets hit, he can <laughs> yeah. or just go, go to sleep real quickly and get ran over by his own motorcycle, you know? Mm. Yeah, and as he said last... As you said last week, those stumps are littering the area too. Like, yeah, or he could have crashed in one of those big giant stumps. <laughs> it'd be like like a tie fighter in a trench run, just sort of spirals off the game trail and into a tree and explodes. <laughs> or like um, in Return of the Jedi, when the which was filmed in the similar area, when the speeder bike's going on, the guy smashes into the yeah, tree. Yep. On, on the speeder bike. Yeah, it'd have to explode. It's got to explode. <laughs> uh, but uh, the uh, the target hits its mark, and the uh, the big animal veers away to the right, away from the uh, departing herd. Dita tells Carter to uh, reel him back in. He hits the switch, and the seat comes back in, positions the rifle, and uh, end of music cue. The uh, the, the mm-hmm. hunt is over. Also, while he's uh, while we're driving here too, the same sort of vehicles that were following the command jeep earlier now follow on 
the outrigger, you got the Unimogs, the Hummers, and a couple of the Jeeps uh, following, following yeah. behind it. Um, it's in, it's nice here too. You can see the sun's getting really low, uh, like there's mm-hmm. long long shadows across the plain. Yeah. Um, everyone's got their lights on now, and you sort of you can, it stands out a lot more. But the minute it ends with uh, the outrigger comes to a stop. Dieter unstraps his safety harness and uh, leaps out of the jeep. And you can see the parasol office through the front windshield sort of walking in circles slowly with a couple of hunters running over to its side, so... Yeah. Now, with that, what they did was they took this giant metered pole and then just... um, You ever see, like, those old poles where they had the ropes around it and the children used to wrap themselves around it? Yeah, it's sort of got the, the red and... I think it, the red and white sort of yeah. lines on it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so that's what it was. It was just one of those, but everybody was handed a rope that went to the top of it. Yep. And they just CGI'd the ropes into place. I got a um a before and after picture that I'll of course put up. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll get into uh, how the animals brought down in the next minute. But apart from that, David, anything else you want to add to minute thirty-seven? No, I think we're good. Alright. Alright, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. (laughs) Uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.